Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205-913-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Fair warning as we get started today. Today's title and topic may have you singing, Oh, Fill My Cup, for the rest of today, maybe all week. Fair warning. I love that song. Do you remember it? Oh, fill my cup, let it overflow. Oh, fill my cup, let it overflow. Oh, fill my cup, let it overflow. Let it overflow with love. I particularly love how that's the first verse, and then you sing that again at the end, and in between are all of the verses for amazing grace. God has been giving good gifts, filling up believers with his incredible promises and daily mercies for 2,000 years. And that's where we're going today. It is so important as a believer in anything you endeavor to do, in your faith, in your friendships, I mean, everything from how you handle your money to your body, anything we hope to do to the glory of the Lord We need to be filled up and overflowing with the fruit of the Spirit and the power of God. Today, I want to talk to you about how to do that and what that looks like and maybe even what it feels like when God is doing it. But first, let me reference back to last week's episode, Emptying the Cup. I don't know how this is sequencing for you, You may have just heard that episode a few minutes ago, and now you're going into this one, in which case you will have to stomach a short recap, but I think the two will fit together. I'm kind of hoping that it's been a little while for you, like maybe a week from Monday to Monday, because I am hopeful that there is something you are already experiencing. Even before we look at what does God want to fill me with and how does that work, If you have put in the effort, and this is really the part where God needs us to work, if you have put in the effort to remove yourself from the center of the vessel, then I am prayerful that you are already seeing instant and almost supernatural results. Because once you ask the questions, do you remember those from last week? When you're facing anger or temptation or trial, you stop and say, wait a minute, this thing that I'm feeling or doing, is this about me? Have I put my self-interests and indulgences in the center of my heart? And maybe you assess that the answer is yes, and so you put your energy towards getting that out of the equation so that God can do his work. Have you noticed how instantly God begins to do his work? I mean, if you are the kind of person who is already prayerful, you pray to God every day. If you are the kind of person who loves the Word of God, you spend time in the Word daily. 
if you're the kind of person who worships God and builds relationships in Christ, if you already know the nine pieces that make up the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, etc., then God is already prepared to work in your life. And when you begin removing the obstacles, those things that you already know immediately fill that void. And that is something I have been experiencing in the last three weeks that have me so excited to talk to you about this today. Because if we add to that natural or supernatural phenomenon more ideas of what God wants to put in us, it will happen. To give this a little more clarity, let me return to the object lesson from last week's episode, my favorite Christmas coffee mug. Remember how I told you that there is this three-dimensional snowman right in the middle? And he's cute and all, but he takes up space where coffee's supposed to go. And I can fill the cup with coffee and it looks great, but as I begin to drink it, this snowman pops out and I'm thinking, you shouldn't be there. There should just be more coffee. And let's say I'm able to reach down into that cup and break out that ceramic snowman. Maybe the coffee's not too hot, and I reach down into it, and I just start jostling that thing, and I put in the effort to pull the ceramic snow creature out. I did that. It was my effort. But let me ask you this. Do I then need to reach back into the vessel and coerce the coffee to fill the void that was left behind? Of course not. The coffee was all around it. It wanted to fill that space. And when I removed the obstacle, it automatically took over. So listen, that's the way I feel that God has been working in my life. It's so interesting how many years I've devoted to studying love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, just pouring it into the vessel. The vessel is me, and I'm pouring it in. And I'm like, God, when is that going to kick in more consistently? What do I need to do? And it turned out all I needed to do was assess when I was in the way and remove my self-will, and things began to happen. I'll give you an example from yesterday. I'm driving here to work, to the office. I'm on Highway 849. It's four miles of two-lane road. And there in front of me, just like maybe three days a week, there's someone going 42 miles per hour in a 55. I do not like that. I wish I was more patient. I don't know why I'm not more patient. I just don't react too well. So I instantly go into the normal mode, which is, of course, to get up as close to them as I feel possible, move to the left and the right, make sure they can see me, There are no passing lanes during this four miles, by the way. And convince them to speed up, or at least consider it. Now, I know, I probably lost your respect by telling you that story, but you know, back in season one, I did an episode called Metal Me Bubbles, and I confessed way back then as well. But yesterday, and actually more and more lately, I did something different. I saw that car in front of me, and I asked myself a couple of simple questions. It didn't really take long. I just said, look, I'm upset right now, but who is that about? What part of me, what is it in me that is all of a sudden infuriated by someone I don't even know, who didn't even know I was behind them? And then it instantly hit me. This is about me. This is about my sense of entitlement. 
And because I paused and thought that, a second question came to mind. What if I knew this person? How would I feel? And I thought, I'd feel terrible because it's really unjustifiable for me to make things hard for them in a situation like this. That would be totally selfish. And there it was, the realization that I needed to remove myself from the center of this moment. And here's where I'm going with this. I don't want to reteach all of last week's episode, so let me move forward here. Instantly, some other things started to occur to me. First of all, I started praying. I think I mentioned last year that I decided on Highway 849 that every time I pulled up to someone who was driving slowly, I would use that as a trigger to stop and pray. And I've kind of gotten away from that lately, but this time I went back to the habit. Then I got to looking in that car, and it looked like it was a family, a man and his wife and a child. And I thought, I wonder who they are. I'd kind of like to meet them. I wonder if they know Jesus. And I had this affection for someone I didn't know, who, by the way, had accelerated to 47 miles per hour, so that, that also helped. But the point is, I didn't have to ask God. God, I realized I was being selfish, and I've decided to cast that aside. Now, would you please tell me what I should do and feel next? He'd been pushing on me to do that since the moment I got on the road. I finally gave him the space to do it. Look, I could tell stories like this to you all day because I have plenty of flaws that needed reassessment. Just a couple of days ago, Summer and I just got a little sideways on something, something that I I said, and she reacted to it. And later, I was thinking, why did I say that? Why was I so impatient? What was going on there? And you know the answer. It was just dumb and selfish. And so immediately, I thought, what if I just took that out of this thing? I took myself out of it and all my pride. And wouldn't you know, I immediately felt the desire to be kinder, which, by the way, is a fruit of the Spirit, kindness, that had been in my vessel all along. It's not like I had to go open the Bible and decide, okay, I've been selfish with my wife. Teach me what to do next. The Spirit was already in me. I know kindness from the Word. I just needed to give it some space to do what it was there to do. Okay, so I hope that's helpful for you and that you have your own experiences that show what God is doing when you give Him the space to do it. And as I mentioned last week, we should be spending most of our effort then removing self-indulgence and centeredness from the equation. And we studied that in 2 Timothy. We looked at three things, youthful lusts, foolish speculation, and a quarrelsome spirit. You remove those, just be prepared to be in awe of what God can do in you. So in the back half of today's episode, I'm actually back in 2 Timothy I'm hoping that by mentioning it a couple of weeks in a row, it will pique your interest to study it for yourself. I'll read verses 19 through 26, and I want you to note there are about seven incredible things that God wants to fill the vessel with, fill you with, if we'll let him. So I want you to be looking for something in the second half of the read, but let me read a few verses first to set it up. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Now in a large house there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, 
he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Okay, so listen carefully to these next five verses. You will hear the three things that we're trying to remove from last week's episode, but you'll pick up at least seven things that God wants to put in its place. Verse 22, Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. I will type all of that out for you in the show notes, but did you pick up on some things? After he says, pursue righteousness in verse 22, which is the opposite of the wickedness from verse 19, he makes a list of what that righteousness is. He says, here's what you need to be pursuing. Faith, love, peace, kindness, able to teach, patient when wronged, and gentleness in your correction of those who are in opposition. And by the way, did you pick up on that? This is not about smooth sailing circumstances. This is about how I deal with people with which I have disagreements, people who oppose my point of view. Do we have a problem today in how people deal with that? Do we even see it in the church where people are arguing and fighting over things they cannot prove or without doing so in love? You've seen that. By the way, you know why that's happening, right? Because self is at the center of all of that. But when we remove it, God says, I have a better plan for you. What if instead of doubt and pride, you just had faith? You completely, totally let me fill you up with belief in me. You prayed, you listened, you read, and you were fully convinced that I am with you all the time. How would that affect your behavior? What about love and peace? What if you were completely filled with the love of God, with the kind of love that Jesus had shown? What if you felt such deep, total, abiding peace in Jesus, complete rest in your life, in who he has made you to be? How would that affect the way we talk to people, the choices that we make, and even how we handle those who oppose us? After he talks about all of that foolish speculation and fighting, he said God's people must be kind to all. And that is a beautiful fruit of the Spirit that will fill you up the instant that you let it, when our focus is on God and others and not ourselves. Kindness thrives in the heart of someone who is a vessel for God. And then in the last three, it has to do with actually dealing with difficult people, able to teach, patient when wronged, and gentleness in the way you correct them. My favorite one in this list is able to teach, 
because it adds an extra dimension to the idea of God filling you up. All of this Bible reading that we do, going to worship services, listening to podcasts and sermons, digging into the gospel, it's not just about shaping our character. It is also about filling us with the truth about God, creating in us the confidence and the knowledge to actually quote the scripture, post passages, share the truth, and help save people. And don't get me started on evangelism. There are a lot of people in the church who have been studying the Bible and listening to sermons their whole lives. They feel like they are filled up with the truth of God, but they aren't evangelistic. They don't tell people about Jesus. Hey, I wonder why that is. I wonder who that's about. We know who that's about. It's about us. And when we get ourselves and our own desires and insecurities out of the cup, you need to know the word well enough that teaching fills that void and maybe even takes over your life. This will mean people treating you wrong, saying unkind things to you, posting things that are irrational. But one of the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5 is patience, and another one is gentleness. God wants us active, but he wants us active not in self-defense. That's not good. Jesus never got upset in defense of himself. He emptied himself, and he was defensive and even aggressive to the defense of his Father. When I'm in the middle of the cup, I'll get fired up in defense of myself, but when I empty myself and I let his word and his fundamental plan to save souls take over me, I can patiently and gently interact with anyone, no matter what they say. Because at this point, it's not me working to defend myself. It is the will of God working in me to his good pleasure. So I love this list. It's unique. It's a little bit different than the Galatians 5, Fruit of the Spirit. It adds the idea of teaching and of faith, and I think those are great ads. And you might get done here in a minute and say, but how? How do I do all of this? How do I fill myself with all of this? But remember the song. The song isn't, oh Lord, how do I fill my cup? It is inviting him, having fully surrendered to him, oh fill my cup and let it overflow. I believe if we keep reading, keep worshiping, keep praying, and keep looking for the work of God in our lives, and we put our disciplinary effort into self-denial, God will do his work. He will take over like that coffee filling in that void. He will fill us with his spirit, and that will have a direct effect on every relationship in your life. So go to God today. Thank him for his blessings. Beg for his help in removing yourself from the center and lay these three words before his throne. Fill my cup. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the program, please remember to share with your family and your friends. Also, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for emails, order the three-month journals, or just catch up on old episodes. So until next time, let me leave you with this. Whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.